Hey, what's up, everybody? Tim Castleman here, and welcome to another edition of the rarely recorded, frequently, infrequently released uh, To Drink Tim podcast. Ironically, uh, we actually are here uh, drinking. Uh, we're drinking some Lone Star. Right. That's right. We're just, uh, you know, we're pretending we're back in college. It's yep. good, you know. Yep. It's, it's Red Cup night That's right. uh, here at Blue Light. And uh, my special guest, uh, the one, the only, the amazingly talented Grady Spencer. Thank you, sir. We, uh, we are here celebrating 2015. That's right. Got the uh, New Year's show at Blue Light, and uh, really excited to check that out. They have uh, been nice enough to let me go in, sit on sound check, do this interview before we go, have a great night, and hopefully remember some of it for that's tomorrow. That's right. So, yeah, that's right. So first, man, I, I read your article, uh, the article actually done on Lubbock Online. I had no idea. Paducah. That's right. The big city of Paducah. Huge city. I was yeah, going to impress you because I actually have done some work in Paducah really? back when I did insurance. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, Crackers Restaurant. I was like, no, no, Crackers isn't there. That's, yeah. that's Clarendon or Childress, one yeah. of the Big cities. No, was it crackers? I think it was the was cafe. It? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it was crackers. Yeah, it was like the seven dollar all you can eat, yeah. like the chicken fried oh, steak yeah, and all that. that. Was it. Yeah, we were just like, okay, we're going on Friday. All you can eat mm-hmm. chicken Friday. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, how the hell do you start in Paducah? Yeah, and then make your way to Lubbock, and then ultimately to Fort Worth. So, tell me that story. Yeah, I. Uh, I mean, I went to high school, and I think I applied to three schools, and it was UT. Maybe TCU, maybe it was Evelyn Christian. I can't remember. And then, and then tech. And um, my dad lived in Lubbock. He was a, a tech grad, and so it kind of all just fell into place. I got a really nice um, scholarship for nerd stuff, ACT scores, and things like that. Oh, okay. And, I was uh, like, I was like, is that a degree? Yeah, yeah. I, I was really that. good at the calculator, <laughs> right? But uh, yeah, so it, it, things just kind of fell into place, and um, moved to Lubbock, graduated from tech, and um, I actually ended up. St- Sticking around for a little bit, moved to Austin for a little bit, and then came back to Lubbock for several years. So when did you graduate from tech? What year was that? I graduated 2006. 2006. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. All right. So, I'm trying to think if that was close to me. I got out of the military 2002, 2004-ish. Yeah, yeah. about that time. Yeah. So you, you, what was your degree in? Psychology. Psychology. Yep. Okay. All yeah. right. How's that helping in the music business? I've yet to use it at all <laughs> professionally or – I mean, people always say, oh, you know, analyze me. And right. I, I don't, I don't, I think I've forgotten 99% of what right. I learned there, but it was fun. Yeah. Was hey, cool. you know, it's a good time and it's always good to fall back on. That's why. Sure. I yeah. It's like, they can never take that degree away from you, but I don't, I'm like you, I don't use yeah. it. Yeah, I don't, what was yours in? A business of applied science yeah. of bachelor education. Get me the hell out of here. You know, whatever it was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I literally, this is a no shitter. I went to tech for one hour. Mm-hmm. That's how long I was there. I was in the military. Uh, turned in all my paperwork, did all that stuff. I got my acceptance letter from tech. Hey, come on down. So I was married at the time. We moved my family down. I moved with my parents. If you ever want to just ruin a relationship, take you and your wife, move them back at home, yeah. you know, have a curfew, sure. you know, dinner time, all, yeah. all the stuff Chores, you loved, right? The whole yeah. Thing, yeah. 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 Twin beds, no sleeping. <laughs> I'm like, we're married. Like, uh, yeah. Sure. And uh, I show up to the counselor and she's like, oh, let's do a degree on it, you know? And, uh, and she goes, okay, we have like 120 hours. And I'm like, oh, no, ma'am, I've got this piece of paperwork from you. And she goes, oh, let me explain. Um, Texas Tech accepts all your credits. The School of Business at Texas Tech it accepts none of them. Oh, no. And that's where your degree oh, is. No. Dude, and I'd quit my job. I mean, I'd like, you know, like short of getting your name tattooed on my chest. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. So so I went over to Wayland and they took pity on me and they were like, you were in the military? We'll give you a semester off. And I was like, I like you. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah so, I would have done that as well. So you uh, you get your degree. You mm-hmm. hang out here for how many years after that? Uh, I, I, I I get foggy, but I think I was here for 
almost a year just hanging out, working. I think I was a substitute teacher for a little bit. And then um, I moved to Austin and I thought, you know, I'm going to go join this scene and, and uh, make it down there. Well, musically, I was nowhere near ready. It was just, it wasn't time. Um, but I was, I was doing it anyways. And, and, uh, I loved it down there. I still love Austin, but, um, a good friend of mine who still lives here in Lubbock, uh, his name was Lee Tyler Williams and he had a band and, uh, he got killed in a car wreck. And so, uh, that was pretty gnarly. And, uh, so his band wanted to keep playing. And so after the funeral, I was driving back to Austin and uh, a guy named Darren Timmons was the bass player called me and said, Hey, you know. We'd really like to keep going if if you're willing to kind of come in and and play with us. And I didn't even think twice. So as soon as I got home, <clears throat> packed up my stuff, and two days later, I was I was back in Lubbock. Holy cow! And uh, yeah, so it, it was it was an awesome time. Like it was awesome to come back and play with those guys. Um, it was never really the same though. Like it was it was always his band, and I. It was. I was just honored to be a part of it for a little while. So that's it was cool. Just, that's crazy, and yeah. we got way ahead of ourselves. Sure, because, yeah. Because we didn't even talk about like when music became a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so when did you? What was the first instrument, or like when do you first remember being like, I'm kind of into this music thing? I was 17, maybe even 18, and uh, I was somebody. Okay, so backing up in the Paducah, of right? Like, the only radio station is it was 96. Three, I think, and it was just top forty country, old small town country radio, right, station. right, and that's all I could hear. Every now and then, we would get like a pop station out of Abilene, but the wind had to be blowing just right or whatever. And so, up until seventeen, eighteen, I had never heard the outside world. That's you all know? you I was heard, like in right, a bubble, right? You know? And so, obviously, I was never very inspired. I never really wanted to play, and then. Um, a guy from school um, gave me Jack Johnson's uh, Brushfire Fairy Tales, which is so far from what I do now. But at the time, I was like, "Whoa, you know, this is a whole nother. This is totally different. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. this is completely different than what I'm hearing on Podunk Country Radio Station, right?" Whatever. And I was like, "This is really cool." And um, I think my dad actually had a guitar, and so I started trying to learn the chords and look stuff up, and started learning a couple of his songs and. Um, yeah, so 17, 18, <clears throat> on into tech, into college, I just started, you know, trying to grow on the guitar itself and eventually grew to start writing songs. And then, um, I guess it was my sophomore, junior year, I met the guy that got killed, Lee Tyler Williams. And he was a songwriter as well. He was at tech, kind of a friend of a friend, uh, type deal. And we were at a party and, he was playing some music and I was playing some songs like, Hey, you know, I like you, you know, right, you're, right. you're doing good stuff. And so we, we grew to be really good friends. And, um, so we played music, um, you know, from till I was, was twenty twenty one all the way until he died. And so, um, he always had his band and I kind of did my thing and, uh, it was a lot of fun. Wow. So you guys had kind of dual pass. You were both mm -hmm. doing your own, your thing, but he was, he was probably a little bit actually like, you know, in the path of a musician, he was probably a couple steps ahead of me. Like his band was a little more put together. Um, I opened for him a couple times and, um, he was, he was, I would say definitely a better songwriter than me, like a great songwriter. And, um, we still play songs, his songs today. We'll probably play a couple of them tonight actually. So, um, 
Yeah, he was just a great dude. And I'm hoping, side note, to you know, record an album someday that's only his stuff because he was just a great writer. That's crazy. And uh, so, yeah, so we played music. He was a great friend and, and you know, tragically kind of it was his time. And so um, moved back and, and started playing with, with those guys. So And what was the name of his band? It was called Rhythm Creek Okay, was the name of his band. So it was Lee Tyler Williams, but his band was was Rhythm Creek. Okay. So. And when you came into the fold, did you guys keep the name or mm-hmm. – we did for a little bit, and um, rightfully so. You know, his his mom, very respectfully, just you know, hey, this would y'all mind just for my own right. sake, you know, call him something different. And and I never thought half a second. I was like, of course, yeah. yeah. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, it was it was same drummer, bass player, and lead guitar player, and and we played that way. Um, I would say less than a year, and and then just life circumstances happening. It, it ended up just being the bass player and me um, left. And so we ended up moving to Gatesville, which is where all those guys were from. Right. And so I ended up living down there for a little bit. And uh, yeah, so, it, and it was all, I was all over the place. So guitar was it like, like that was the only instrument. It's not yeah. like, Oh, I start with a piano or anything like that. It's no. Guitar since yeah. And, and to my, dismay you know my music literacy is so subpar like if you were to put my music literacy on like reading or something it's like remedial <laughs> right you know and right. so like i'm sure it's extremely frustrating when people try to collaborate or, or work with me because I, I don't know what i'm talking about i'm just like yeah you know i know the chords and, and stuff like that but because that's just how i learned and so um you know i wish i learned piano because that if you it's a whole theory thing, but all the notes are laid out there and you get a much better understanding um, of music theory and all of that. But and what's crazy to uh, me is, you know, you say, oh, well, you know, I listened to country pretty much my whole life. But when, whenever I hear you play, I always feel like there's a strong blues oh, and, yeah. and rock influence. So sure. did that come kind of when you went to college and, mm-hmm. and, and if the wind blew a certain direction? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had I had one girlfriend, uh, ex-girlfriend who – Gave me um, it was the Black Keys Rubber Factory. Okay. Which was their, I guess this is their third album. And that, even more than the Jack Johnson stuff, just completely exploded my mind. Like, I was like, whoa, what is this? And, you know, um, Dan Auerbach, the the songwriter for them, is all of his main influences are the old blues, you know, Sun House and, and old school Delta blues stuff. <clears throat> and so those those guys were a big game changer. Like, when I heard that, I was like, okay, now I'm really, really hooked. Wow. So the Black Keys, that was a big influence for you, yeah, that album. Yeah. Right. So from then on, man, it, it was it was kind of a mix of, so, you know, old country, you know, top 40 country mixed with Jack Johnson stuff. And then a lot of Black Keys was where kind of the soup that was boiling. So who time. was your big country influences? Mm. I mean- at that time on the radio, I mean, it was like George Strait right. and like, you know, Alan Jackson. And Do- Dolly Parton. I remember as yeah. a kid, yeah, like Kenny Rogers, Randy Travis, Dolly Parton. Just yeah. like rotate them out every, every hour. And you think about it, like it was 
like, yeah, it was at the time top 40 country. That was what was on the radio. But looking back now at what top 40 country is, that was, that's gold. Right. You know, it's like a gold mine. Well, I think that's why Sturgill Simpson has kind of found a big sure. niche. Because whenever yeah. I listen to him, I, I feel like I'm, you know, eight years old again in the car. It's like, man, that's the little, that's the the country my parents listened yeah. to when I grew up. Oh, he's tapped right into it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's good to see that's a resurgent over, you know, mm-hmm. Georgia County line and, you know, yeah. pickup trucks and, yeah. you know, boots and whatever, jeans and lift it. Yeah. Just like, I'm like, really? That's what passes for music. But, sure. You know, it, 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 from what I've read, uh, basically they stopped making money in pop. So right. they just were like, hey, but you have the skill of writing songs. We'll just take this over to country and, and kind of blow it up. Yep. Yeah. And, it's the same principles. I mean, really, really deep hooks and, and, Pretty shallow, you know, you lyrics. Li- right. And, and, um, well, like Sturgill's thing, when you listen to it, especially a couple of times, if you really listen to the lyrics, like they're deep. Oh, you yeah. Know, we were talking earlier about Uncle Lucius. Like when I listen to his lyrics, like there's stories behind sure. those. It's not just uh, bubblegum pop or right. surface level stuff. Like right. you really think about it. Even your stuff, I'll listen to a couple of times and I'll be like, oh, that's an interesting line. Sure. Um, like there was a, a, one of the, the songs that was listened to of yours today. It was talking about how money, you know, it was like green or gold. And it was like, oh, okay, you know, but every, it kind of, it's a story, it's a visual telling. It's not, you know, Look sure. at my new pickup truck. Type yeah, so. yeah, yeah. That that line, you know, of people get so caught up in money of like they don't care whether it's you know a gold coin or a dollar bill. That's all they care about, you know. And, um, that line was kind of some frustration about that of like you know it's not just about the money most of the time. Right. Sometimes it is, but. You know, yeah. you can't get caught up on it. So. Right. Well, you can't make that your primary driver, especially, yeah. I got to yeah. think, in this business. For I, sure. No, no, it'd be futile. So yeah. you, you had the band. You guys kind of went your separate ways. Where were you in the world, and, and what did you decide to kind of do after that? Yeah, so it all – so the bass player and I went to Gatesville, and I lived there for – Almost two years. I worked as a carpenter and then we found two other guys to play as a full band. And, you know, we would just play locally there in Gatesville. And, um, you know, for the city of Gatesville, we kind of got a little bit of a name and it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, they were all kind of older guys that had been playing a lot longer than I had. And it was, it was really, um, a good learning experience of like, okay, this is how you load in as a band. This is, it wasn't necessarily that we were functioning as a band, but I got to see, you know, a load in, a sound check, what, what all that kind of looks like. Did you guys do any touring outside the Gatesville area? No, no, I think, no, I think the furthest we toured was maybe somebody's barn, you know, like 10 miles out or something, you know, like it was, it was very much just a, a Gatesville thing. Um, but it was, it was a blast. And so, so while this is all going on, I'm curious, like, are you thinking like, Hey, this is what I want to do for a living. Are you thinking this is just kind of a fun side thing? Like, like what's your motivation at this point? I think at that time, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I mean, I, I was, um, extremely off centered just in general in life. You know, I, at that point I hadn't really, um, come to grips with the death of my friend and, you know, like while I was in his hometown seeing his mom, his dad on a regular basis. And so I don't think I'd really process that. And so. And how old were you at this time? I was 22. Oh man, that's a tough, you know, that's a tough time anyway. Yeah. So I was old enough to drink. And so that, that kind of was what we were doing. I mean, we were drinking pretty heavily and, and playing music and I was working as a carpenter and, and making more money than I'd ever made 
which was not that much. Right. But at the time, you know, I was like, oh, this is great. You know, I got a wad of cash and we'll go play for a bar tab. And, and you know, I, I think I really turned to alcohol. And so at the music side was just something to do. And I think I was using it as like, um, you know, look at me, look what I can do. And I appreciate it when people would, would pay attention. But I think it was for the wrong reasons of like, I just wanted attention. And right. I was grasping, you know, for well, substance. But you got to think, I mean, nobody wants to do a, a lot of jobs that require, I mean, you know, you got to learn stuff. You got to put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. You got to learn yourself. You know, there's reasons behind that that you may not be aware of until years later. You sure. Know? And I've, I've been guilty of that where you think you're doing one thing and then like years later, you're like, that's why I was doing yeah. it. Like, I totally got it. Now. Oh, I was learning so much without even realizing it. Right. You know, uh, almost to the point where like, I was the party guy, like playing, like I didn't take a guitar in, but somehow a guitar always got put in my hands at right. parties and stuff. Right. And so now I know how to position myself at a party. So like nobody asked me to like <laughs> jump in the center of everybody's attention and like play music. Right. Because then, you know, I was like, yeah, you know, yeah. I, was, I was all about it. And uh, all I, I know is these the Oasis tunes. Yeah. yeah. You guys heard and Wonderwall? I love it. And right. everybody be singing along and, and it'd be great. But now like how to, how to deal with, extremely drunk people in a, in a close setting, you know, there, there were all kinds of lessons I learned and, and it was, it was great times. And I, I do look back and I really enjoy and appreciate, you know, the times I spent there. Um, but it definitely was a growing up period. Cause I was, I was, very much a boy. You know, you're yeah. 22, man. Like, yeah. that's the thing, people. Like, I know when I was a kid, I thought, oh, man, by your 20s, you got it all figured out. And I really don't feel like, personally, like, until my 30s, like, stuff started clicking. Yeah. And I'm 36, and I still right. am moving those those big pieces that, sure. that I'm, I'm sure is, at 18, I thought by now I'd be set. You yeah. Know? I'd just be on a locked path just going down sure. the road. And yeah. now it's like, uh, you realize, like, life is ever-changing. Yeah. And what you do now, even three to five years now you may not be doing that and it's yeah. just i think at least for me that was a big revelation sure yeah i i, I completely agree like as a 22 year old if if you'd have told me that you know i'd be where i am i, I don't I probably wouldn't have been happy about it then but at this moment like i'm the happiest guy in the world right you know i consider myself so lucky it's not even not even funny so yeah it's, it's just funny that's that's life and we're just all dumb kids at, at certain points. I mean, he's just like, oh, I want to go party now. I'm like, yeah. hey, Friday night, you want to get in bed? Uh, yeah. Just watch HGTV? Yeah, Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. it, man. Yeah, let's just watch some uh, House Hunters International, get a pizza. Like, this is the life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the best. Well, you can't go wrong with that. Yeah. So you're doing this. You're having a great time. You're partying it up. You're, you're living the life like 22-year-olds do. Right. What was the next thing? Were you out going solo? Like, what made you change from just, okay, I'm going to, start uh, this or I'm going to be part of this band that's kind of staying local to hey I want to put my name out there as the the lead singer and maybe form my own band sure that, that kind of so it kind of just started fizzling out um, <clears throat> I was working as a, a custom carpenter for houses and that market kind of dried up so work was slowing down and so I'm just going to guess about 2008 yeah somewhere okay. around there yeah, I mean the, it just falls economy, out that's yeah. when the economy tanked yeah You're right. I mean I was a carpenter for a year and a half, and I think a year and a quarter of that, we were working on one guy's house. Like, it was this guy, this really rich man, and this huge house. And then we started doing all these other small ones, and then it just petered away to nothing, which was – it was a real literal uh, illustration of what was going on, you know, with, with the um, economy and stuff. And so, um, it kind of dried up. I decided, okay, it's time to kind of move on. 
And I actually moved in with my grandparents in Memphis, Tennessee for a little while and uh, didn't really play music that much. I was writing, but, you know, completely on my own, mostly in a room, just hanging out, writing. Um, loved that city. It was a good time. Now, when you say writing, are you writing songs? Are you doing poems? Or are you just kind of journaling? Songs. Or yeah, writing? yeah, yeah. Always songs. I mean, I I wish because I was an English minor, and I, I always appreciate uh, short stories. I like short stories a lot. Prose. I'm not a big novel guy, but I always am in awe of people that can, you know. Really interesting, funny, you know, stories in two or three pages. Right. That's what I like, you right. know. And so I try to take that to songwriting. And so I wish I could would have been doing that, but it was always it was always songs. And um so yeah, you know, I think some of those songs I wrote we they made it through. A lot of them were complete garbage. Like I, if I were to hear them now, it's in fact I've got them on my computer, they're cringeworthy. Right. Like right, really, right. really bad. Right. You know? Yeah. But again, you know, that was just the growth process. And um, so I loved my time there, wrote songs, decided it was come back to, it was, I wanted to move back to Lubbock. Um, my brother was here going to tech. And so um, moved back in with him and started, started kind of playing again. And uh, that's where I eventually got tied in with the blue light, did, right. the, did the songwriter thing. And um, and for those of you guys who don't know, they have a singer songwriter competition right. uh, that they do. I think twice a year. I think mm-hmm. it is. And uh, and that's actually uh, I was reading that Lubbock Online story, and that's where they were saying you got your start. And that's right. where you kind of got connected with people. Yeah, yeah. So from there, um, I met Ryan Summers. He was actually a judge at one of those contests. He eventually ended up being my lead guitar player um, for the band that would that would grow. Um, found a drummer. Um, David McDonald, he still lives here in town. I can't remember if that was a Craigslist. It might have been a Craigslist thing, yeah, dude. I'm got, all about Craigslist. We got to talk about your Craigslist. I know. We'll, yeah, 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 we'll get there. But oh, it's I think on it, the list. I think it, yeah. yeah, I think it might have been Craigslist actually, but I can't remember how. But I met I met him through a, some off way, and I can't remember what how exactly we met. But a really expressive drummer. Um, he does a lot of uh, Irish drumming and and traditional folk drumming and. I'd never met anybody like that, so he kind of blew my mind. And then eventually met a guy named Jeff Lish, um, who was the bass player. And so those those guys together, we kind of turned to the Griswolds, and we ended up recording. And um, yeah, so that that's that was the real beginning of like the the shows that people see today. If you come to a show, that that was the beginning of of what you see now. So, what made you want to write songs? Hmm. And more importantly, I think, yeah. you need another beer. Yeah, yeah I'm so gonna no, grab no, one I of those. Yeah, hey, okay. thanks. Yeah, and this is a two drink ten podcast. <laughs> That's for a right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you so no much. Problem. In fact, I'm gonna move closer. Yeah, to yeah. Me. Get them over with yeah. an arm's reach. Yeah, right. There you right. go. Yeah, yeah. I think originally I, w- I wanted attention. I, I wanted um, to take things that I heard and really appreciated. I don't even think I appreciated for the art. I just thought it was cool and I wanted to do that. I wanted to be the cool guy. And um, so that's that's what I did and that's kind of what I wrote about. It was like if you were to ask some of my early albums lyrically what some of those meanings were, they were completely just word scrambles in my mind. You know, like there's there's no meaning really. There's not a lot of substance. But it meant something to you at the time. Yeah, right. yeah. And, the, and you know – 
the words came together in a way that I'm like, okay, it could mean this or could mean that, but it wasn't, there wasn't a whole lot of uh, rocks to stand on underneath them or whatever. Right. You know, and uh, so I think it was a tension for, for a really long time. And then <clears throat> um, as I've matured and, and kind of my life has, has changed focus, it's, it's much more about um, creating something that is um, like what's inside of me and, and making something bigger than, than, than myself. And, um, you know, hopefully writing songs that people can relate to and, and painting a picture of, of the way I see the world and, and how I perceive it. And hopefully other people, you know, kind of see it and feel it the same way. And so that's, that's the way I'm going about it now. But at the time it was very, surface level like i want people to look at me play music and so this is what i'm going to do right well deal. and i think a lot of people do that i think yeah. you know you you have to like comedians they all talk about how they get inspired by their favorite and they go out and they go i just stole his act sure. you know because to get started and then they I, and i have the same thing and i know you do what you're saying is you know if you go back and look at your stuff you did five even probably five years ago you're like right. oh my god how right. did i ever put that to paper but sure. you just didn't probably didn't know any better right so it's yeah. just like man this is the best i can do sure i'm just going to do what I can. Yeah. And then over time, just like anything, you know, you refine your skills and your process. Sure. And I think as I get older, um, you know, when I was writing the songs for the first couple of albums, I was checking music blogs every day. You know, my musical net was very wide, probably too wide. I was taking in too much and uh, maybe not too much, but that's just what I was doing. I was listening to a lot of different stuff and it kind of all just jumbled together. Whereas I don't know if I'm just getting crotchety and old or I just don't have time, but I latch on to maybe two, three, maybe four bands a year. Right. And and those people really blow my mind. You know, they they reach down deeper than anybody else and um inspire me to want to create that kind of stuff, you know. And so um I wanna write something that I'm like, okay, I want it to sound something like this and um Whereas when I was younger, it's just like gobble it in and and this is cool. This is what I want to do. But it was just, I spread myself too thin. So music, music influence wise, or just trying to be too much or be a little bit to everybody. I think, I think the influence, whenever I was taking in too much, the influences were coming from too much, too many directions. And so therefore I was trying to spread create in too many directions you know right i was going forward i was going backwards sideways whereas now i feel like i have a little bit more of a clear goal in mind and so hopefully it's just straightforward do you feel like maybe some of that was you just trying to find i don't want to say your voice but basically find your groove or kind of where you belong sure Um, yeah i think it i think it was my ears and my my mind trying to find like you know what what which one of these really grabs a hold of you. Right. You know, because I was listening to hip and I still do listen to a lot of music, but not as much. Like, you know, I was listening to hip hop one day and then the next day it was Jack Johnson and then maybe it was Merle Haggard and then Black Keys. You know, it was it was pretty scattered and then I would try to write a song and then all of these things are trying to come out at the same like, time. How do I put the rap like, into this? Where yeah, does the rap like, go? Where right? would Merle Haggard and the Wu-Tang Clan? <laughs> yeah, where does right. that line Yeah, if they had a kid, where yeah. would this go? Yeah. Right, yeah, right. And so it's really hard, you know, but I, I still appreciate every single one of those. But I don't listen to that really anymore. I, I listen to pretty specific things and 
Um, cause that's, that's just what sounds good to me now. And that's what, what makes me feel things. So. Well, people, you know, I mean like blues traveler is a band that when I was a teenager, then that influenced me. Don't worry sure. about it. Yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but now it's like, I hear their new stuff and I'm like, yeah, pass, you know, like it's not, but yeah. at the time, I mean, I, I think, I think music a lot like relationships, you know, you have moments where it's like, man, this band, like it just speaks to me. And then sure. five years later, you're just like, how did I, what did I ever see? You right. know? And, and I, I just think that's a process, like you said, of, of trying yeah. to fill your brain up and then kind of filter and distill it down into what, what it is for you. So the first band uh, was, uh, was Grace Finch and the Griswolds. Is that the Griswolds, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and you guys released an album. We did. Yeah. Okay. So I put out an album before them. Yes, you uh, did. The Seminole Optimist Club. In yeah. 2010, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that was just me and the drummer, David McDonald, at the time. And then I had some uh, a buddy come in and play bass. I think that was Joel, Joel Smith, which is a Lubbock guy, kind of a legend type dude. Did you find him on Craigslist? No. Oh, okay. No, Ooh. he was he was actually the bass player in one of my favorite bands in college, which was Celis and the Loose Grip. Have you ever heard of them? I have not. Dude, I'll show you some stuff later because they they were awesome. They blew my mind. Um, and I ended up working with um, almost everybody in that band eventually down the line. But Joel played bass on it and um, killed it. But yeah, at that time, it was basically just me, this drummer that I'd found from God knows where, probably Craigslist, if I think. I can't really remember. I wish I could, but I think it was Craigslist, honestly. And um, and so we put that out. Then the, the next album, I had all those guys. It was Jeff Lish, Ryan Summers, and David. And it was a s- solid lineup. And, and so we went in and did it. So so you put out your own album, Just You, 2010. Right. And then a year later, you put it out with with the band. What mm-hmm. what made you kind of switch from maybe being more of a solo act to more of, hey, I want to have a band? I think I, I could feel that it, I wanted more meat to the songs and um, – at that time, I didn't really know a lot of, like in Lubbock, I didn't know a lot of musicians. And so the fact that I knew enough people that I thought were really good to get in a room and be willing to stay in a room with me and play, I was like, okay, this is this is the thing now. If they're, if they're willing to stick around, like we're going to be a band. And so um, it was it just filled the sound out and, and it was more of a cohesive type unit moving forward that I hadn't had up to that point. So, so how was it collaboration wise? Cause I'm, I'm guessing there's gotta be a, a little bit of adjustment from, Hey, these are my songs. This is how I want it laid out. You yeah. do this, that to, well, what do you think? I've never, yeah, I've never really. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking back of every person that's ever played in a band that I've put together and I've never had anybody in a band that I didn't trust their artistic um, visions. And so usually I would come at them with a complete song and then they they would put their interpretations for their respective parts. So like the drummer would say, "Okay, I'm feeling this," and guitar, bass, all that. And um, you know, most ninety percent of the time, the people that I've had in my band, I trust them, and it sounds good to me. And it, I, we just roll with it. Every now and then, somebody will come up with something. I'm like, uh, maybe this, or you know, maybe that." But um, I've been extremely lucky to have guys that I can trust and just say, "What do you hear? Play it." We'll practice it if it works, then we'll use it. If not, let's let's try something else. And so when I write songs, I rarely write them thinking, okay, this is how I want the full band to sound with it. Every now and then I'll think about a beat or something that would sound good. But 
I, I usually trust the guys that, that I have with me. So, so I'm always so curious think. on the creative process for you. Is it a lyric? Is it a thought? Like how does, how does a song, if you, if you had to think about it, like, how does a song usually start for you? Is it just something that you just write down somewhere? Like what's your process? Are, are you an old school pen and paper guy? Are you yeah. uh, type them out or just talk it out or? It's, it's always guitar first. And, um, it, it'll either start with like a riff or a chord progression. <clears throat> and then I'll skeetily D over the top of it of like, you know, just basically find syllable breakups and, and where I think kind of the cadence of the lyrics will go. And then um, find a couple words that fit in that cadence. And then from those words or phrase or whatever, I kind of build off of that. And um, <clears throat> I, I rarely, I don't think I've ever been able to say, okay, I want to write a song about buying ice cream or, you know, or about a cotton field or I, I just can't do it. It didn't work that way. I, I could, but I, I don't think it would be believable. I think people would be able to see through it. More forced. Right. Yeah. So I, I, it's always guitar first and then, you know, mumbo jumbo and then, and then kind of figure out original words a phrase and then you build from there so, wow and yeah. that's the process yeah every time yeah and, and i'm curious if you're like a lot of people i talk to do you ever try to just completely reinvent that process or do you are you at this point where you're like no these are the steps i need to go through yeah it's a lot of times i've, I've got one really bad crappy guitar that that's actually a buddy of mine's that he's let me borrow he's he's in the air force and um I'll just I just play around and 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 if something sounds new to me and I'm like oh you know that's not anything that I have then it just kind of happens I you know somewhere down the road if if I'm just at a complete block and and they're not coming anymore which that's a huge possibility and a fear I think of any any writer um I'll I'll change it up someday but I've never written with anyone else I mean um so I don't even know how that would go. Well, no, I just think know? it's great that you trust your process. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm guilty of, okay, I have the process. I know the process works. Let's just totally tear that shit down and yeah. start all over yeah. and rebuild the machine. And you're like, well, I don't, I don't know why it's like, do you not trust the process? Sure. Like, you know, so yeah. uh, I always, I always have to ask people like, am I just the only one that does that? Or are there other people out there? I think if, if, if the public, you know, demands me to come with more lyrically um, intense songs, then maybe someday I'll have to change it. But for now, if it's not broke, I'm, I'm just going to keep keep rolling with it <laughs> until there's just complete revolt. And then I'll so 2012, you guys released the album as the mm -hmm. band, and then um, take me through that. Do you guys tour? Do you guys what, what happens after you release that album? I think there was no, there's never, you know, there's never really been a lot of touring in the general sense of the word. Like we were a Lubbock band, we played regionally. Very little, but it was mostly Lubbock shows. Played as much as we possibly could. You know, we would book. There were weeks where we would play three, four times a week around town. Really? You know, wow. and, and it was just a lot. And, um, you know, 50% of the songs might have been originals, maybe even 25% of the time. A lot of covers. And and um, it was a blast, man. It was a lot of fun. Uh, but it was not really doing anything you know we weren't creating to create we were all pretty young right um and so we were just having a good time and it was it was fun i was 
I was young. I wasn't tired. It didn't wear me out. Right. I, I could do it. So we did do it. Right. You know? And so, um, yeah, we just, we played a ton and, uh, but eventually, you know, you can only play, you know, take the money and run so many times before it's like, okay, I'm, I'm over. Right. This, you know? Right. And, um. Want to start maybe doing some more original stuff? Sure. Right. Yeah. But again, you know, that was a chapter where I look back and it, it was a blast. Um, it wasn't very fruitful professionally wise, but I got my chops to where we could play three to four hour sets. So even to this day, you know, somebody comes to me for a private deal and is like, hey, I'm going to pay you this much money, but I need you to play for, you know, maybe two and a half, maybe three hours. Sure. You know, that's not a problem. Which is you know? practically unheard of. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Because yeah, normally it's like we got 45 or 90. Sure. What do you want? Yeah. Right. And so the fact that, that we got that under our belts and, you know, we played for several years where a lot of times we were just background or, or just entertainment for a bunch of drunk fools, you know, like um, it was a blast, but it was also a huge deal because. I don't remember a lot of those cover songs, right. but a f the few of them have made it through. Um, you know, Friends in Low Places, Garth Brooks, that that kills. Every time we play it, like it'll it'll slay a room. Yeah. You wait, you you know, you wait till three quarters till the end of the night when everybody's just real hammered. You play that, that place goes up in flames. It's nuts. You played it last yeah. time at Blue Light. Yeah. And what surprised me was it was a bunch of young kids. It surprised me how many of them knew that yeah. song and were singing along. And you're right. It brought everybody to the dance floor. And I mean, it, it like re-energized the room. Right. And I was just more surprised. Like, you kids know this song? Sure. Like, I'm yeah. the old crotchety get off my no, lawn guy. Yeah. You know, I was like, it, yeah. That's somebody should do an academic study on that song because it really has spanned generations. It's like nuts. grandpas, the grandsons, like everybody knows. Yeah, that. yeah. When I was a kid, Garth Brooks was coming up. So yeah, yeah it's, it's it's hilarious that people so, do that. Yeah, so that was that was a fun chapter. And like you know, I've got a, probably ten of those songs, cover songs that, that we do every now and then, just because they're fun and and people love them. So and maybe yeah, like you say, it wasn't maybe the most financially fruitful, but you got your chops. I mean, you really you kind of got taken to school there. You sure. learned yeah. the ins and outs yeah. of, of the business uh, on a on a safe and small level uh, that you guys were comfortable doing. There's nothing wrong. I don't there was there it, was yeah. zero risk. Right. I mean, um, Jeff, the bass player, was in school. You know, David had a, a successful business. I never really knew what he did. But uh, <laughs> in the import-export yeah, industry. Yeah, exactly. right? I, you yeah. know, who knows? Yeah, yeah. Why do you always have new car, cars every day? What's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's a successful guy. He's still in here in town. But um, – Please don't sue me. Yeah, yeah, yeah no yeah, joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, Ryan was like Mr. Guitar Center repair guy. Like everybody knew Ryan. Right. So, um, yeah, like nothing was really riding on it. So it was a blast and you would make a little bit of money and sometimes we didn't make any money and, and nobody really was the worst for the wear. So it was, it was good. So how did that band kind of transition from uh, obviously that band to, to Grady Spencer and the work? How, mm -hmm. did, how did that? It, it reached the point to where – there was nowhere in Lubbock that we hadn't played that was on my like bucket list. Gotcha. So like blue light was the creme de la creme. That was what I was always shooting for. And, um, you know, with the Monday night songwriter deal, um, that's, that's where it kind of all began. That's where I started meeting people. And then we started getting like a Tuesday night or something like, a, you know, I listened to the flatline Calvary thing. Right. You know, they did, they got like a Tuesday night. It was either Tuesday or Wednesday and then, you know, eventually we, we got to be the people that would open for like Uncle Lucius. We uncle, you know, we opened for them a couple of times, um, got to open for Adam Hood. Like we were kind of starting to become the go-to guys to be the openers. 
then we started getting our own Thursday, Friday night shows. Right. And so it reached a point to where, like, you know, in my mind at the time and, and probably still this day, like, Friday, Saturday night, the blue light is the pinnacle in right. Lubbock. Like, you can't you can't get any higher. Right. You know? Um, I know some people would, would differ with that, but I, in my mind, that that's what it was. And it reached the point to where we were getting Friday and Saturdays. I'm like, okay, you know, now what? And we didn't have... I didn't have the marketing wherewithal to say, okay, let's, let's start booking. We traveled a little bit, you know, we would, but small towns and, and nothing like we never went to Fort Worth or, or Dallas or anything like that. And so. Was that just like you say in the marketing or was it just no real desire? No, I think we would have wanted to, but I, at that point I was still pretty young. I was 27, 28 by that time. And, um, yeah, it just, it just, didn't it wasn't happening, you know, kind of deal. So by that time, I I had gotten married. So my wife and I, um, she is a physical therapist. She graduated physical therapy school from Tech, and um, yeah, we decided let's let's go try Fort Worth. And um, she had done a residency out there and uh, some training, some school stuff. Friends, family there, or just kind of no, new, no. New my school? dad at that point lived in Dallas. And he still lives in Dallas. Um, so that was the closest. But she really liked Fort Worth. I would visited her when we were dating a few times. And I, what little I'd been there, I, I liked it a lot. And so we just decided, yeah, let, let's go try it. And so um, I, it was not, I don't think it was an awkward thing, but it was just like the Griswolds were going to be done because I'm, I'm moving. And so it's going to be a new chapter. And, and, um, you know, luckily, all of those guys have moved on to really successful lives. Um, Summers is the lead player um, for Mike Ryan, and so he's doing great. Um, Jeff Lish has a, has a great job, and I'm sure David's doing great. I haven't talked to him in a long time, but um, yeah. So it was it, personally for me and my wife. It was time for us to move on and, and start a new chapter, and um, so we went moved to Fort Worth, and um, yeah, it, it literally was starting all over though. I mean, it was back to open mics because nobody knew me because I'd never really traveled that much. That's crazy to think about, but totally true. I can yeah. see that right. So, I mean, I had I had a couple of contacts, but it wasn't the the caliber of contacts that were going to be able to get me into good spots from the get go. And um, so you had to earn. earn yeah. Your key so all I mean, it was again. it was square one. Did you which, ever think during that time, like? When you made that move, like I'm kind of done with music, or it's no. time to be done. It was- yeah, at that point, I knew that I'll never be done with music for the rest of my life. Like even if I don't ever make another dollar, like I'm always going to be creating, right? Because I'm creating for something bigger, right? Um, and so, like even if tonight was our last show professionally, like I would be just fine with that, you know. And um, so at that point, like it was, it was. Um, it was exciting because it was it was a square one and and I knew I'm I'm going to be playing music forever like let's let's see what Fort Worth has to offer. Right. And um you know it, it took some time. I mean it, it took probably a year year and a half and then a guy named Jacob Fur who's who has roots in Lubbock. He let me open for him on like a Sunday afternoon songwriter showcase deal at this place called Magnolia Motor Lounge. Okay, yep, I know it yeah. very well. Uh-huh. Yeah. And um, the guy who does the booking there is a guy named Brian Beckman, and uh, he's the he's a pretty influential guy in the, in the forward music scene because he has the controls to Magnolia Motor Lounge, and so 
and you know, long story short, Magnolia Lounge, Magnolia Motor Lounge was our my new blue light of like that was my new beginning for this this new city, and um, so from there it was kind of a that was the soil that the seed kind of got planted in, and, right? And and eventually Beckman started letting me open shows, and and through you know my life. In Fort Worth, I started meeting people, musicians, and 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 bringing guys in um, to form the work. And uh, so, yeah, it was it was very organic. Like it, it wasn't like I, I hit Fort Worth and I'm just like calling people like frantically, hoping that that something new is going to happen. Like um, I found a job that that I still have that I do construction, and um, the music kind of just did its thing and, and grew and. Um, it's been great, man. Was part of the fun of that, that you maybe had learned, um, a lot the first time around. So you're kind of able to, you're able to restart, but you're restarting kind of with lack of a better term, that corporate knowledge or that, okay, don't do this, do this, this, like you, you have a little bit of a roadmap. Granted, it's a new location, but you kind of like, okay, if I, if I do this, I know that eventually it'll kind of. Sure. I mean, and, and. That's a good lesson for any musician. And if any starting musicians are listening to this, like you've got to pay your dues and that's all there is to it. And, um, there's there, we played a lot of shows, even at Magnolia Motor Lounge where we were opening for a set low rate. I mean, low. And that was fine because you're one, you're getting the, the confidence of, of influential booking people. Right. Um, and two, you know, you're, you're maybe, stealing a person or two out of each crowd that might come to your next show, right? you know, and it's, it's a big deal. And so you have to really be focused about what you're doing. And, and, um, but also at the same time, and I think what's been great about Fort Worth is again, if, if it had failed and Beckman never gave me any shows, I'd still be creating and, and I wasn't putting my life worth in whether or not that, I'm going to get a headlining show at Magnolia Motor Lounge on a Friday. Right. You know? Um, Was it, so is it then and is it still now more of a labor of love? You know, you, you mentioned the Flatland podcast. Like one of the things that strikes me about those guys is they're one of the few bands that I've talked to. Well, they they have a plan. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got their five-year plan for the, sure. like this is it. We're, yeah. You know, we're burning the boats. We're going there. With, with you and talking with you and, and reading interviews, seems like this is – the the cherry on top. It's like yeah. I have a great life sure. and I enjoy doing this. But yeah. like you said, even if I never got a paid gig again, I wouldn't stop it. Whereas, right. and I'm not saying that with them, but sure. you know, with them, they would be disappointed because you know they didn't hit yeah. this imaginary goal that they had set. You know, I've I've read so many interviews and heard so many musicians say that they're musicians because they're not going to let themselves be anything else. Right. If that's what makes you happy in life and that's what you want to do by all means i embrace you like i applaud you right um for me um it's it's just one part of my life you know it's it's i wouldn't say a small part but it's it takes a substantial part because i think i've been um given gifts that i I want to share with people um that I, i have this need to create but if I never created, I got both my hands chopped off, I'd still be just as happy because, um, you know, I've got a wife, I've got a daughter. Um, I, my life is so good compared to so many people in the world that like the music is, is honestly the fact that people would pay money to come here and play something that, you know, my stupid head 
thought up and right. wanted to say, I get to drink beer for free and get paid money. Like, right. Are you kidding me? Yeah, right. Um, it's great, but it, it's it's not something that I that I like worship or anything. And like I idolize it. Um, you know, I love my day job. Like it would be. I'm, I'm at this point I, and people ask me, you know, like, what's next? Like, you know, what, are y'all going to tour full time or, or whatever? And, you know, we've got a new booking agent who I really, really respect. And I, he's got a very specific vision. I've got a vision um, and we're on the same page, but, um, you know, I'm not going to sacrifice my family and my wife and my daughter to go play a million shows a year. If I don't think that it's going to result in, in something bigger than my own gratification or, or money, right, you know? Right. And, um, so those I think a lot aren't primary drivers. No, right. no. I mean, and I, I think there's bands that think, okay, um, I've made it because music's my job, but if your quality of life is really low and you're sad and it's not doing it for you, then you should stop. Right. You know, you should go work. If working at a convenience store allows you to be happy, like, go do that. Like, right. I'm all about people being happy and, and enjoying the life that they have. And so I've been extremely lucky to have a day job that I enjoy doing. Um, so if, if music stopped and I only was a construction worker, I would be fine. If this next album that we're about to record – if it gives us the opportunity for me to stop being a construction worker and I'm just a musician, I'll be stoked as well. Like, it's going to be a blast either way. But either way, you're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I know there's a lot of musicians who would probably, you know, shake their finger at me. I'm like, no, you got to, it's this, you know, you got to be driven. Um, but one, I don't think my art works that way. Um, it, it's not a force thing. And, and two, um, you're setting yourself up for disappointment if it doesn't happen right. type of deal. Well, I, I don't know about you, but I, I'm, I'm a, I, I consider myself not to be a driven person. And sure. then I look at my friends and I go, shit, I'm driven mm -hmm. 10 times more than those guys. Yeah. Yeah. All those losers listen to the podcast sure. right now, you know, but, but the, <laughs> yeah. the thing I've noticed about goals, you know, it's funny, we're doing this on New Year's. It's like, right. okay, I'm going to make X number of dollars. And right. then you do that. And immediately you're like, I'm going to make X. Now I want to make yeah. Y and Z. And it's never, and I'm guilty. I'm terribly guilty. It's, yeah. You never stop and go, Holy crap, like yeah. look where I've come from. Sure. It's always like full steam ahead. Yeah. And I know for me that that just that does. It's perpetually you're unhappy because you're always searching for the next brass sure. ring. The yeah. second you get it, it's like, all right, well, that one was nice, but I want this bigger one or this yeah. one or that one. Yeah. I mean, it's it's so true. And I think that's you know, we talk about all the the previous bands I've been in and all the songs I've written before. That's the big difference up until the past couple of years is you know, I was grasping for very temporary, very unstable worldly things. And, um, I didn't have people that loved me truly or knew me. And, um, I didn't have a, a beautiful daughter who like, I see just the whole, like, I don't want to get too mushy, but it's, it's, it's a, I see things in a much clearer picture now. And if people don't have some sort of base, um, that almost like a video game. So like, if, if you reach a level and then you try to get up and then you die. You've got to have that base level that you yeah, go you back to. Back you can't go to... all the way back down to rock right. bottom because you're just going to be dealing with a life of just 
crap, right. really, you know? Well, like you said, you can't have those wrong people either because yeah. if they're with you because of that one thing yeah. and that one thing goes away, whether sure. it be money or looks or whatever, it's like, yeah. you know, you're done. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, if, if, if I base my drive to create music on how many people are in the seats, there's going to be a day, could be tomorrow, it could be 10 years down the road, where people stop coming and stop caring if that means I stop playing music, I don't think that's going to happen. Right. And, and I've, I'm extremely happy and lucky that that's the case. Um, almost to the point of like, I'm just enjoying this current phase because financially, and I know you talk a lot about the business side of music and the right. podcast and stuff, you know, financially at this point, my only responsibility is, is covering the band's time and right. making sure they're properly compensated because this this money that I make for music, which is substantially more than I've ever made, you know, for for creating music. Um, not to say that's a big number; it's right. substantially more than zero. Right, right. You know, yeah. No, I saw so, the yeah. rules you pulled up. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. Right. So it's it's not like I'm just rolling around. And we're sitting in the La Quinta Inn right now. Right. So, well, damn it, I wasn't yeah, gonna tell them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're not in the Omni. Right. So. Yeah, it's West Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Four Seasons. Yeah. So, but luckily, I'm be, I'm able to make musical decisions and and move forward, not because I have to pay my electricity. You know, right. I do it because I want to do it at this point. There might be, you know, harder times where we have to really tighten up the budget. Maybe all four guys are in one La Quinta room because now that's my source of income. Right. And I'm still going to be happy about that. But at this point, you know, we're not trying to squeeze every penny out. Like we're trying to get more of a um, social, you know, organic word of mouth type thing, not necessarily a fiscal growth type deal because we don't have to which right is, which is really freeing well, well yeah it's nice and it gives you some some choices you know yeah. we were talking about lincoln durham earlier uh lincoln i'm rocking one of your shirts right mm -hmm. now by the way um great and, dude uh, yeah yeah great guy and and he was telling me that he uh he does graphic design on the side and he's done a bunch of uh, amazing stuff and he goes i do that so that i can pick and choose the gigs yep. i want instead of going i gotta play this for money and yeah and i think ultimately that allows you to be a little bit more in control yeah of, of your destiny and Instead of feeling like, you know, hey, we got this song we want you to sing and here's a million bucks. And, sure. You know, do you want to do the next Ninja Turtles Vanilla Ice? Be like, hell yeah, I do. You what know? was a million bucks? Yeah, now, yeah, let's, yeah, let's, yeah. let's slow okay. down. All I right. mean, if it was yeah. a million, I'd All be right. like, okay, I'll be the Ninja Turtle guy. So let's talk about the, the number. Yeah, yeah. What's the number? Yeah. yeah. I'm going to write a number on this thing. <laughs> what yeah. what yeah. will I sell my soul yeah, for? Yeah. One comma money yeah. here, right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's incredibly freeing because we don't have to right now. That day might come, but right now it doesn't have to. Like, as long as I can look my band in the eye and know that I paid them fairly for for what they put out on the stage, and I, that's all I really care about right now. Um, you guys getting ready to go record another album? Yeah, right? uh, in two days actually. Sunday. It, yeah, I was gonna say yeah. it's coming up. Holy crap! Yeah, Sunday. Sunday we're gonna work with um, actually Papa, who's drumming tonight with Red. Um, again, Magnolia Motor Lounge guys. So it's it's um, Papa Smith, which is. Um, a drummer there in Fort Worth is Ryan Bingham. He used to play with Ryan Bingham. Okay. Um, and then Grant, uh, who is uh, Ryan Bingham's front house guy. And so they're all kind of tied in with the Magnolia Records guys who did Red Shahan's record, uh, Ryan Tharp, who's playing guitar tonight. It all ties together. Wow, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah, they did Honcho, Quaker City Nighthawks. They've, they've put out some really good stuff. And um, we've got the opportunity to, to work with them and – and go in the studio and we're going to track it um, 
you know, 90, 90% live. So just us in a room with a crap ton of mics and um, just play the songs and, and pick the best one type of deal. See, and that's the thing. I, and I, it's so frustrating to me as, as a fan. It's like, I, I know what goes into making these albums, especially, right. you know, if you want to go big, you know, mm-hmm. and you want to get a publicist and you got to pay, oh, we got to pay this guy five grand so that he can get two songs on a, you know, right. on a, on an AM station. Like, and what amazes me is that more bands, uh, don't, I haven't seen a ton of, uh, adapting, I guess. Like it, it seems like still, it's like, well, we're going to put an album out that no one's going to buy, right. that everyone's going to stream yeah. that, you know, we're going to leave 50 of them at a show, you know? Sure. So, so I mean, educate me. What am I missing? Like, like why, why yeah, go record? Why, why an album versus doing what you're doing now, mm-hmm. like in a live setting, like sure. for instance, the blue light yeah. and, and do the same thing, but do it in a venue to where you're playing a gig or you're, you know, and I know bands have live albums, but I just, the, the need for a uh, physical album or like, hey, this is our new album. Like, right. what is what is the the I don't want to say a lot. Of, like, what's the process behind that? Like, why do of, it? Yeah, yeah why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. Like, for me, um, it's definitely not financial because honestly, um, this one through music and my day job and my wife's day job, um, I'm paying for all of it right. out of my own pocket. And so it's going to take me several years probably to pay myself back. Right. Incrementally. You guys are releasing this, uh, I'm guessing, independently, right? Yes. No, no record label. Yes. Yeah. And that's that's what I've done with all, all of mine. Um, I've never, excuse me, I've never been presented with any deal that thought like it was a good idea. You know, and none of the people that have approached me seem legitimate anyway. So I was like, the, the, Distribution of a bigger name would help, but for for me, um, it's a couple of things. One, it's to create, and um, but for the main thing, I think it's a snapshot of this moment Where and this incarnation right of this band right. and what we're creating. Um, there's some albums we were listening to some on the way up here that I think are masterpieces texturally, the way that they're recorded. Um, it's 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 very much like a sculpture. So like there's, you know, the amps they use, the way that they position the mics. It's it's a work of art, and I think with this band and the songs that we've got, and with the Magnolia guys, I think that um, all of those things are combining to create something that I think is going to be really tasteful and like really. So it's not even something to self promote. Like look at us, but kind of is. Like, I hope that we create something that um, people are like, whoa, this is really good and cool. Like, I want to give this to somebody, you know, right. I want to tell somebody about this. You want to create something. And yeah. I, I love your uh, explanation of the snapshot because when you said that, it was like, oh, that clicks. Like, yeah. hey, here's where we are as a band right it's now. It's literally like a picture right. of, of this time and this incarnation of the band, these songs that I've written and how we play them. Um recorded really well hopefully <laughs> you know if, if everything goes smoothly right. it, it sound good and um you know because my hope you know from the business side of things is i'm 31 years old i have a wife and a kid i'm not gonna go play bird's chicken house for 200 bucks because that's one of the 300 shows i'm gonna play right this year i'm i'm hoping that to create something 
that catches the ear of somebody who lets me go open for like a house of blues or something. Right. You know, right. That, that says, Hey, this album's really good. These songs are okay. Like, I like this. So you know, in a way, like, it's like it's still like it's still very much is a business card. Yeah, I mean you. it is. Like I, I don't want to say I want to ride the coattails, but I think with the songs that we have in our pocket that we're about to record with the people that we're going to record them with, if I can get them to the right people, I think it can open doors, and that's what I'm hoping for. Um, because I'm not at the age, and honestly, I don't have a desire to go kill myself. You know seven-eighths of the year, and and honestly, I'm not going to do that. And um, that all falls back to my life. No, I, I think touring is a young man's game. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. uh, Flatland, uh, Folk Family, sure. I love those guys. Yeah. They're in their 20s. It's like that's the perfect mm-hmm. time for you to be in a van yeah. with seven smelly dudes. For oh, That's the perfect time if for I you. If I had yeah. their talent when I was in Gatesville right. or the you know the first, yeah, I would be doing that. Right. But I wouldn't have my wife and my kid, and right. I would probably be much more miserable. Right. And so, um, yeah, man, I mean, it's – We've all been dealt a hand, and and that's I feel like these songs, like they just came. Like I, I don't feel like I crafted them. Like right. you know, like if it was my own doing, I would be writing about ramen noodles or something. <laughs> right, you know, right. like just I'm a pretty surface level guy. But for some reason, these songs have happened, and and um, people seem to enjoy them, and they pay money to come listen to them. And so I really want to record them the new ones and and hopefully catch some ears and and make some stuff happen. But again, if it doesn't, I'm fine and they're going to there's going to be more albums. I might not be able to afford a studio. I might be recording it myself. Right. Which I enjoy doing too, but I've got some podcast equipment you can yeah, use. You know? man, yeah, you yeah, got good yeah. mics right here. Yeah, we can yeah, record yeah. Well, an well, album well, right now. Well, let's do it. Yeah. yeah. Well, as an aside, I'm glad that you explained who Papa was because when you guys were doing sound checking, you're like, "Is Papa need a mic?" I was thinking, "Is his granddad coming yeah. to the show?" And I was like, "Well, who's who's Papa?" Yeah, I don't. Right? I mean, I think I don't know. If Bingham started calling him Papa or what? But everybody knows him as Papa. But um, it's the Smith brothers. They they're kind of the um, main guys behind Magnolia Motor Lounge owners and um just really nice genuine dudes and and big big parts of the fort worth music scene and so i'm really excited to be working with them and again i mean they were the first bar to give me venue to give me a chance in fort worth and and it was really all downhill from there so for you um, you, you, you've mentioned this several times, like your, your need, your desire to create, where do you, I, I, I mean, construction, is that play a part in it? Like where, what do you feel like that need is, yeah. is to create new things? Yeah. Well, I, you know, it's, it's something that it, I kind of figured it would eventually get this, but for me, when I met my wife, I started going to church a lot. And so it, it my faith really came into focus. And, and so I create because I. I know, I'm just going to change this thing to a religious podcast. Yeah. When you and, and Flatland, yeah. You know, well, like, you. Well, yeah. I mean, I was listening to Uncle Lucius thing. And like, I, th- I think you know, I was like, oh, maybe he's not really a church guy that much. No, no, no. So, yeah, no. First of all, it doesn't yeah. bother me at all. My, yeah. yeah, my wife is a huge church person. I in the military, I worked in a church, so sure. I got to see behind the curtain. Oh yeah. So I got to see. Unfairly, I got to see the negative side sure. of it, and and also just being candid, like my parents used to take right. us to Sunday school sure. based on who had the best snacks that week. Sure. So there was no 
upbringing in the yeah. church. So for, for my wife, it's very natural. Oh, and yeah. being here in West Texas, like, what do you mean you don't go to church on Sunday? Yeah. So it's it's come to me later in life. Sure. And and also I, for me, it's an independence thing. You know? Yeah. So I don't oh, need yeah. I don't need to admit that I'm sure. a fault or yeah. you know that I'm a sinner that sure. you know I can't have my life together. Or right. I've got these things. So it's a it's a it's tougher for me than other people but at the same time it's like if it does it for you that's yeah i mean it does it, it does amazing for my wife and yeah. I, and i can see that for her sure. and i would never want to take that away yeah it's like when flatland was like can we talk about that i was like of course you can like if that's your inspiration <laughs> yeah and like you know i follow you on instagram sure maybe to a stalker level no you know, yeah like, but like i see you post stuff like that and sure. i think man that's awesome yeah that's great that you know your daughter that's your family and i even remember uh on one of your posts you're talking about how your wife was really instrumental and in kind of bringing sure you into the yeah because yeah for i was the same way growing up um you know church was really strange i mean my parents were divorced and so my mom would take me to really strange churches like not like snake churches but there were people dancing with tambourines and for a young dude you know that was pretty out there right and so from you know high school years college i was a heathen I mean, wild, wild right. guy. Right. All the way up until when I met my wife. I mean, I you got to have something a, yeah. to repent for. You yeah, can't just have exactly. an empty list yeah, and be like, yeah. I'm good. Right, yeah. And so, um, you know, to answer your question about create, you know, creating, at, at this point, um, you know, it, it like you say, what works for me, It what I believe is that there's a God that created everything and is, has a path for me and I'm not the center of that path. Like it's not for my own glory. And so I'm creating, um, and you know, I don't want to say that like the reason that we're succeeding in music is because I'm a Christian or, or whatever, but I'm creating from something that's deeper than just the surface level of like, I want people to listen to me. And so from here on and, um, people hear, you know, if, if they really listen to it, the next album, pretty much every song it's it's right under the surface right um it's it's not a church album um which i have i I do with my church every now and then but um i'm creating from themes of um that so this next album is there's a line between two types of people right there's there's the guy who wears the business suit goes to church every sunday um doing what he's supposed to, pays his taxes, right. does everything right. Right. There's the bartender who's out till four in the morning, smells like cigarette smoke, you know, whatever. The theme and, and my understanding of um, my faith is that we're all the same. You know, we're brought together. We're created by the same um, being and, and, you know— the the south yeah I don't, I don't want to preach fire no, and brimstone man, no, but no, you know that in in my life the 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 common denominator was one person you know who who died for us and so um so for me and in, in my life is like I want to love everyone the same right you know and and in the construction industry like I get to meet um, a lot of people um, from. CEOs to people who rode a train for five days with right. a gallon of water. Right. You know, and and um so for me it was it was changing my focus of like this world is crazy. Right. And it, and it's a beautiful thing. It's it's a really broken place, but um it's it's a really awesome thing that that we get to see every day. And so for this music that I create, like I just wanna 
to talk about that and my experience of like how I see the guy who rode the train for five days illegally to the CEO, like we're all human beings and, and um, you know, we're all on this world perceiving it, all this, you know, we're getting into Sergio Simpson well, no, type I mean, stuff yeah, here, I mean, but you know, like we're all perceiving it through our films. differently right. and like there's no reason to just, you know, it, it's, it's weird. There's no reason to hate people. There's no reason to um, to do that because we're only here for a short time and we should love each other. And so, um, you know, I try to model my life after one person and, and love everybody that I can. And so that's that's what I'm doing. So but there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be yeah. clear to anyone listening. Like it's not yeah. religious. And, and, right. Yeah. And if it doesn't do it for you, that that's fine. No one's pushing on you. But I, yeah. I but that's a driving influence in you. And it sure. and it would be it would be less authentic for you not to acknowledge that you know and sure. and i think that that's personally i think that's a great thing you know and that's what i tell people of like you know there's the same people that say you know you live in lubbock why don't you go to church are going to be the same people that tell me well, why are you in the blue light right why are you not playing first right. baptist worship hall or right, something right 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 what do you mean you charge money to churches yeah yeah, oh, yeah, yeah you right. know and so Everyone's um, got their thing. Well, no, it's like, you know, and, and the other thing I was going to say about the old church thing is, you know, when I did go to church with my grandmother, it was old Southern Baptist, sure. you know, sit down, 60 minutes, here's why right. you're going to hell, you know, and it was like, well, this isn't fun, right. you know, no, like, it's not. I can't talk, I can't yeah. breathe, I can't even, you know, yeah, it and, sucks. And, and like, I've gone, you know, I'm a twice a year Christian yeah. with my wife, sure. you know, I get dragged on Christmas, but yeah. like, we went to the Christmas Eve service, and I was really blown away by the church, um, because they were just like, hey, we're, we're doing a tithe and offering, if you're not a member of this church you're under no and that right. was, i was like wow that's totally different sure. and like the thing i would say is like churches have really stepped their game it's like it's a full concert yeah you know yeah. I mean, it's There's like a a, i'm like am i a blue light or am i yeah. at the, you know first well, that's a whole you know? other podcast of right. like there's there's weird stuff going on for sure but you know when my my buddy got killed in the car wreck dude i used to have anxiety uh the thought of eternity scared the living you know, piss out of me. Right. Like I would lay awake at night, just curl in a, in a ball. And, um, the thought of, you know, why did he die? And, and it was, it was just really dark stuff. And, um, for me and, and, you know, bringing the world into focus and things kind of making sense, that's, that's what did it for me. And, and so that's, that's how I function. And, um, yeah, it, it's always funny because, just the way that people see the world is the same way that people have experienced churches. And, and unfortunately a lot of experiences of the fire and brimstone. And, um, luckily, you know, I, my wife took me to churches that really stressed that, you know, um, it's, you know, we're sitting here drinking beer. Right. I say cuss words every now and then I'm trying to clean it up for my daughter. Right. You know what I mean? But, um, our, joy is not found in whether or not we drink beer, whether or not we cuss. It's, it's on something much bigger than that. And, right. and so that's what I always try to tell people of like, that's why I could play the blue light, you know, like, um, because it's not, we're never going to be perfect people. I'm, you know, every single person is, is broken and whether or not it's a, in a religious context, everybody's got problems, you know? And well, so that's, yeah. that's what helps. And you just never know. Like I saw Josh Weathers at blue light, you know, yeah. and they, he was doing a thing and it played like four or five songs and he goes, okay, that's the end of the set list. Here's the deal. We're trying to I think they were trying to raise an orphanage. Yeah. Or, and he yeah. was like, we're short. 
like whatever song you want to hear, throw it on a note and, and yeah. all that money was going there. And they played two or three church songs that people requested and they killed it and oh, everyone loved great. it. And yeah. you, just, you just never know what that one moment may be yeah. that someone goes, hey, you know what? Maybe I'll give this another shot. I yeah. mean, that's how I was on Christmas Eve. I was like, all right, well, I mean, I'm not going to rush back here, but I'm certainly sure. not going to like, you know, yeah. be clawing at the door trying to get out to, right. you know, like maybe in the past. And so that that's I'm never going to stand up and preach on the blue light stage or anywhere, but I'm, I'm always, and I encourage people to come, even if they want to debate, right. you know, and I, and I'm going to love them the same and they might even win because I'm not the smartest guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? But for me, that's, that's what it does. And, and that's kind of what gives me the drive. And, um, like I said, I mean, I think the songs are coming from somewhere bigger because, um, they just appear, you know, like the, the syllables happen and right. it, it, it's not a magic show, but you know, it, it's my perceptions mixed with something else that, that I believe it comes from. But again, you know, that's what does it for me. I'm always down to talk to people about it, but if people, I'm, I'm down to love, I have atheist friends, right. I have people, devil worshiping friends in the music scene. I love them all the same, you know, and that's what I'm about. Like I want to be friends with everybody. So, um, yeah, that's, it's, it's cool. And, Luckily, it hasn't gotten me in any situations where like, oh, you can't play here because you're Christian, you know, but it's it's fun and, and um, yeah, it gives me something to stand on and it's cool. So and that's great. And it does yeah. it for you. And that's, yeah. I mean, that ultimately that's, everyone has to do what does it for them. And if that does it for you, great. Like you say, someone who doesn't believe that's, that, sure. that's fine. You live I'm your still, life how you I'm, want. Right. You know, I'm always down to crack a lone star with anybody, you know, like that. Cause <laughs> that we're, sounds we're, like a challenge. We're all, yeah. We're yeah. all here on this earth. Like right. we're going to take an apple burn later. Together, right. You yes. Know? Yes. So absolutely. We are. And um, that's what, that's what makes me happy, man. And it, just because people roll, that's all it is. Like there are some real douchebags right. in the world, you know. Right. But I'm I still try to them the same. But well, I think it's um, also it's also what you focus on. Yeah. You know, I, I am I am definitely a pessimist, and I'm definitely like you know sure. like some you know stuff. I God damn, you know it's yeah. like I'm always yeah. like it's not that big of a deal. And I'm like yeah. it is a big deal. Yeah. Why? Because I'm yelling. That's sure. why it's a big deal. Yeah. You know. And she's like, why are you always yelling? I'm like, I have several other octaves I could go yeah. here. You know. Yeah. So. Uh, the cool, the good Bill Burr. All right, so we got heavy. Uh, yeah, so let's yeah, get sorry to, let's get sorry super. There, no, yeah, no, we're no, good. we're good. Let's get super yeah. light uh, because I know we're you know good. one yeah, of us has on a time. show to go do. Yeah, we're good um, on time. So you guys are on a plane. Yeah. You're flying just you and the band. Uh huh. Crashes on a desert island. Yeah. You got to make a hard choice. Yeah. Who, who's the first one to go? Ooh, I don't know, man. Well. For the Could record, I I, I, I I did ask uh, Kevin from Uncle Lucius. Yeah, uh, yeah, he was he was like, like, who are we going to murder to eat well, for I mean, sustenance you or know, whatever? I mean, you know, it's an open ended question, right? Yeah, yeah. Trevor's pretty. The guitar player's pretty plump. Yes. So, like marbling with steaks, right? You know, he, right. He makes the flavor better, right? Of course, yeah. Del Frisco. We fan, would probably right. be cooking Trevor, right? <laughs> Plus, he's like he's the youngest. He's only twenty one, so his sense of humor is. Beyond my comprehension. Right. He's the Snapchat generation. Right. I, I almost feel like I could be his dad, even though I'm not that old, old yeah, enough. Yeah, no, I don't do get it. the I don't get the Snapchat. It, it's, it's, Look at this. I drew I'm like, yeah. what? Like you you willingly did that. Okay. You so know? I feel like his sense of humor would get on my nerves that I would have to murder him myself <laughs> okay. after so long. All right. Well but, if Trevor goes disappearing, this yeah. podcast is probably going into evidence. I tried to poison him the last show. That's right. Yes, yes, yeah. you did. Yeah. But it didn't work. He came back. Yeah, so. that's right. Yeah. For those of you guys who are like, What? Yeah. He got food poisoning. Apparently you guys stopped at uh, Subway, he was saying. That's it wasn't what, me. Yeah, that's what he would, thought. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He ate at Subway. And uh, 
yeah, we played about half the show and I, and I look over and the dude looks bad. I'm like, what's going on with this guy? Well, he was sitting on the stage and I thought, well, yeah. maybe he broke a string. You know, maybe he's just tuning up. Maybe he's tired. Like maybe yeah. he tied. I was like, maybe he tied one on last night. And yeah. it just was catching. I've done all that. You know, in the case. Yeah. Yeah. He was not. And then he just disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. He just totally disappeared. And I thought that was. And then I was like, he what apparently happened? went in the van and just started puking everywhere. Oh. So it was, it was bad. But oh. yeah, he. Don't ever I get don't know. Sushi. Maybe maybe Blake the drummer though, because he's an academic guy. He's a really smart dude. But as far as like building a a fort or whatever we need to do, he's not going to help much. So he's not going to help. He couldn't help with the plans. He's no. not, yeah, he's not a laborer. He's a he's a very scholastic academic barista guy. If there was a espresso machine there, it'd be different. Yeah, right. Be making some killer the coffee. Best drinks, coffee every day. As far as surviving, no, he'd have to go. Well, what's the one album that you can't stop listening to right now? Or the one band that maybe, you know, you mentioned three or four bands that yeah. you kind of had a connection with. There's, um, so you'll, if if you listen to these bands that I tell you, and then you hear the album that comes out, you'll, you'll hear it directly. I mean, we're borderline ripping off their, their, their tones and, and things like that. But there's a guy named Blake Mills, um, who's a guitar, just ridiculous guitar player. And Trevor does a lot of, a lot of his style comes from him. Um, he put out an album, but he also produced the uh, the Alabama Shakes record. Oh wow! Okay. Um, so he was kind of the the driving force behind that, which that was really really good. Um, and then there's a band called Bahamas, which is this Canadian guy named Alfie, some long German thing. Right. Really, really great music. And then my favorite band that I still listen to is the Wood Brothers. Um, some guys from Tennessee. Who, I mean, that dude's voice, I'm pretty much ripping straight off. Like, people think are like I'm doing his songs sometimes. Really? It, okay. Yeah. It, I'm, I'm borderline legally probably infringing on <laughs> right. his, on his voice. <laughs> right. But I, I think he's great. And so those, those three are, are always the go to. And, um, the songs and the, and the production, I think that's going to come through. You, you'll hear it if people people want to see where it came from. It's not far. It's it's those three, and so, um, yeah, they can they can do no wrong. And so it's uh, it's it's crazy. I mean, people always ask, you know, what Red Dirt people listen to. I, I don't listen to it that much. I, Adam Hood, I listen to a lot. I like him a lot. A lot of the old stony stuff. I mean, there's a lot of people doing really great stuff in the scene, but I just have to get, I have to come from way left, you know, a little more liberal side of music right, to, right. to really do it. So, yeah, man, that's that's what I really dig, and um, it's good. I always go back to the Black Keys old stuff. I'm with you, like um, you said, Blues Traveler and new stuff. The new Black Keys is horrible. Really? Okay. Yeah. Hopefully they don't ever hear this. But <laughs> right. Well, thanks, first, Brady. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Guess who's getting a kind of advanced copy? Yeah. Let me <laughs> their first their three to four albums. Oh man, they were they were so good. But yeah, those those other ones are are good stuff. So. So what what's the book, movie, show, Netflix binge thing that has like been keeping your attention or has, has kind of caught your attention um, recently? I mean, completely honest, the making the murder. Oh my god, Are you isn't that a guy? I finished it. Have you finished it? No. Okay. So did you watch no, it? Yeah. I'm yeah. on like six. No spoilers. But alerts. I think I know what happens because I saw on Facebook that Anonymous is getting involved. So that means this dude's still there. But I'm don't, not. Yeah, don't I'm say not. Anything. No. No spoiler alert. 
so infuriating, dude. Like, my, how my, obvious does it? My wife had to stop watching that show with me. She yeah. got so angry. She was it's, like, I just can't watch it anymore. How is it possible, man? Yeah. I can't. Like, it only the, gets, I don't understand yeah. is like the pill process because if what happens is what I think is happening, like, why is any appealing? Because surely a judge outside of a podunk, whatever, would see clearly they didn't follow the rules and yeah. that judge was was weird just man. it just yeah it's crazy you guys uh, we're not going to get the spoiler yeah. away. you have to you have to watch that on Netflix. what blows my mind is how fast that show took hold like that's a phenomenon in itself yeah. you know what i mean yeah well, it's kind of like that serial podcast where it's just yeah. it's amazing the stuff that just people like 2 weeks ago i had no idea about it and i just started seeing random facebook posts like making murder wow and i'm like what is this and i and i watched it and i honestly the first episode i was like okay i'll give it one more maybe yeah. and before i knew it i'd binge watched the whole yeah. thing over a weekend and i was just like what just happened yeah, yeah. casey yeah. my wife and i every night we got to watch at least one yeah i mean it's literally it's like the the white gold blue black dress right right thing. right it's just I don't know what it is about our culture right now, but like, man, once it catches hold, it's like that's all everybody can talk about. Yeah, and it, it's there have been very few times when I was watching that show where I I could see the other side, where mm-hmm. you know, like there's once or twice where I was like, well, maybe, yeah, and then you're like, wait, no, like it just it's, early on, you're like, okay, maybe, maybe yeah, so, maybe, but yeah. the more it goes, like, yeah. dude, yeah, what the hell, yeah, yeah, what are you, what, what is are you, this? Like, yeah, 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 it's crazy, yeah, the DNA testing thing, that's the thing that just in, infuriated me. I don't know if you're there yet, but when yeah. you get there, you'll be like, what, the? yeah. Now I get where Tim is coming from. Sure. So what other what other things would you recommend? What are you binge, so, uh, binging on? So that one I loved. Uh, there's one called River. Um, that's a very good one uh, that I've been watching a ton of. Um, I, I I meant to mention this at the beginning. I love your shirt, yeah, thank uh, Nathaniel you. Ratcliffe. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you have seen Austin to Boston. Yes, and that is great, amazing. That's where I first found about Dude, him yes. and Ben Howard. Yeah. Like I have been binge listening to both of those. Have you heard his new album with I, the full band? Yes, yeah. yes, I I have that. Hit. I actually, I need to add him. We need to go back in time in the podcast okay. and add him to the list. Okay, he's, so four he's, people, yeah, right, yeah. right, because his stuff. When he put out this last album, that was like a game changer because he I mean it, like Leon Bridges, like the Fort Worth guy, I love him to death. But I think like Nathaniel Rayliff is doing a little bit better in my mind, a little bit. Yeah. And, but um, Nathaniel Rayliff, like his acoustic, it's heavy, deep stuff. Yeah. Like it's almost like a dark beer. Like you can't. No. You can't drink. You can't chug it. Like, yeah. If you're having a life. sad day, do not yeah. do not put that album on. It is so good. It's like Counting Crows. Holy it's crap, like, okay, it's good. yeah. If it's yeah. raining, do not put that album on or keep sharp objects away. He was one of my Holy Grail shows. And uh, I actually got, when I bought this shirt, I got to see him like maybe a month ago, maybe a little over a month. Um, my wife bought me tickets for my birthday. And was he one there of the best in Dallas? Shows. Yeah. He went to Dallas. Oh, Trees. how did I miss that? Oh, okay. dude. Yeah. I'm telling you, next time he comes to Texas, because that was the first time he'd been to Texas. Yeah. And he sold out. Yeah. Like, oh, could, I bet. Yeah. And well, like Ben Howard, I would, I would love to go see him, but I'm like, man, I just know that yeah. he's going to be sold out. So it's like, yeah. you got to get right on that yeah. for sure. That's an amazing documentary though. Yeah. yeah it's a great good. one. And and even the bands that I don't, I didn't really love, like I go back and listen, like, I think they were called the Staves. Yeah. They, they just the had girls. such a great voice. Yeah. Like when they're singing in that cabin, yep. like I was just like, that's yeah. just amazing. That, just, those harmonies are something I'll never be able to do. So I'm always just in complete awe of, of people that can do that. So, so it's yeah. only fitting that we uh, we're ringing in 2016 mm-hmm. and uh, letting go of 2015. What's your best memory, or the thing that stands out in any form or fashion for this past year? I, I think I would be remiss to say not my daughter. Like that was just 
you know, it was a complete game changer. And, and, um, she's, she's the only frame of reference as far as baby goes, but everyone says she's been a really difficult baby. People who understand babies. Right. So apparently she's been really hard. Right. And my wife's taken way more of a brunt than I have as waking up and things like that. But I mean, just to see a, you know, it's, it's, it still blows my mind that something out of two people's bodies. Right. I don't want to get too gross. I made that, right? You know? yeah, yeah. But like that makes a human line. being, right, you know what I mean? Right, yeah. And so to see that little thing grow to like a one foot person now that like speaks tiny sentences. Right. It's, it's, it's mind blowing. And so to get to see that this year has been, been awesome. And so, yeah, I mean, that, that was it. I mean, we played a lot of shows that were absolutely awesome, and um, those were great too. So, um, yeah, I think 2016 is going to be an awesome year. It's going to be banging. That's just crazy. I've got friends. Uh, we don't have any kids. We have dogs because yeah. we can put them in kennels, and yeah. CPS doesn't get called. Those are but, expensive. But though, every too. time yeah. we, you know, every time that we uh, we do that, it's just crazy to see how much they grow every time. Like not yeah. height, but like attitude and yeah. personality. And oh, you're like, man. oh, you got saucy. your dad's this, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I've got yeah. A, a friend. Uh, her daughter is Claire, and she's like, this child is driving me mad because yeah. this child was exactly like I was. Yeah. For yeah. uh, when I was growing up, and that's why I don't want to have kids because I know karma meter is going to swing back. Oh, I'm man. like, no, dude, no. Well, I was she's kidding. already got my jacked up toes. <laughs> like she has no toenails, so I just the personality stuff. She's screwed. So <laughs> I just love yeah. that. You're like no toenails. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's the one trait I passed on to my child. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it's unfortunate, man. She's gonna hate me later down the road with her jacked up toenails, but. Is what it is, man. Yeah, it's, Genetics. That's it. Yeah. So 2016, you got the new yeah. album coming out. Yep. What other things are you hoping uh, to either accomplish or hoping that 2016 does or brings? Or yeah, I'm I'm really excited for um, for the path that we're going. I mean, if we just keep going on this path. We sign with um, a, a booking agent named Taylor Hood, who has this agency called Circle H Artists. Um, I think as a whole, if that if that agency grows the way that I think it can in 2016, I think we're all gonna we're all gonna benefit from it. So um, it's me, Red Shahan, we're playing with tonight. Eric Willis, who's great. Jamie Lynn Wilson, um, Haley Cole, who's a great songwriter. Jordan York, I almost didn't remember his name, but he's he's down in uh, San Marcos, I think. And so there's just a lot of talent in that group. And so I'm, I'm honored to be a part of it. And Taylor has a really good vision on growing all everyone, not for now, like how we get the most money now, but how can our careers grow two years from now? And so, um, if we just keep this, this path we're going on, I'll be extremely happy because we're able to play shows, you know, locally, maybe once or twice a month instead of once or twice a week. And so you see much more, crowd enthusiasm because you're not playing as much. Yeah, you're not and, burning and, them out, right. And we're starting to spread our circles slowly but surely geographically. And so, you know, spread our circle, get into New Mexico, Arkansas, Oklahoma. And, um, yeah, other than that, you know, have another kid. That's that's what we're shooting for. And um I think my truck's getting paid off in a few months. So I'm going to, you know, wow, 2016 is going to roll, dude, man. It's you know? already rocking like, for I'm, sure. I'm, I'm looking forward. Like I, I, I get giddy thinking about this year. And so, yeah, man, it's, it's an awesome time and um, I'm just enjoying it. 
every second. So it's great. So how can people find out about you, your band, where can they go? And just as importantly, and maybe more, how can they support you and support your music? Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, luckily at this time, you know, like, I know you're going to scold me, but I forgot the merch tub at my house earlier. Like I've literally got no merch to sell. (laughs) I know it makes you so So mad as like a marketing guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. But luckily, like the reason why is because, you know, we don't, we don't really need that. What we do need is, is people to give us a chance with their ears. And if they enjoy it, tell somebody and hopefully they'll tell somebody and and then it grows. Cause at this time, you know, the merch stuff helps or, or buying the album, but that's all just the cherry on top. And so, um, you know, I've heard people say, you know, it helps when people buy the album, but if you can, if you had the choice between a hundred people buying your album one time or 10 people really grabbing and becoming true fans and coming to see your shows, pick the 10 fans because right. it's going to, it's going to be longevity right you know, and i talk to a lot of artists that go oh you know i don't really like spotify for this or that and i just tell them yeah. i'm like listen I, without spotify i'm not checking yeah. you out i can't yeah. find you and then i can't find you know ways to be like okay well how can i go see this person okay how can i get them on a pot you know it's like it, that's the thing it's like i get that you're not making the money up front but i mean i i, I and i know i'm the exception uh, to a lot of people but i'll go to uh, you know like tonight if you had your merch stuff yeah i'd be like all right what is it here's the money for right. it keep the cd because i don't need it. I yeah. got I got coasters at the house. Like right. I'm, I'm good, but I want to support the music, and and that's what I think ultimately you know fans or, or musicians are looking for. Are fans that uh, you know love something so much that they're willing to put their time and their effort and and be a virtual street team, if you will, yeah. and spread the message. Yeah, absolutely. I mean that that's what helps is is people just to care, man. Because that's that's the thing is we've played shows where we have made a lot of money for that show, but. It wasn't worth it because people didn't give a damn whether right. you were there or not. Right. You know, it, we would almost rather take half the money and be have an enthusiastic crowd who re- really cares about what you're doing. And so, um, yeah, I, I I always just tell people, you know, find what you like. If it's not us, that's great. But find something you like and, and really devote some attention and, and really enjoy the music that's, that's being made. Because it's when people – you have a whole – ocean of surface level fans that it's you get burnt out because it's just like the money is fine but see and that's a hard thing for me as as a fan because it's like i want to support the bands that i love and that i enjoy but it's a weird it's a weird dynamic being like i I don't know how to properly express it but it's like okay i want to be a fan but i want to i don't say i want to be a super fan but it's like i really enjoy you like i want to get you on the podcast i want to you know you're going to do a pledge music thing like it's it's hard to navigate the hey this guy's a big supporter to you know hey do we need to get security involved no No. and that's and you know i i've been really lucky i don't have those situations but i try to do the best that i can to fuel people's interests and so you know, we're opening a little run at the end of January with Green River Ordinance and Sean McConnell. Um, we're going on like a little four city run. We've got some cards made. I recorded a little acoustic EP that we're literally giving away for free um, through Noise Trade. And all we're asking is for people's email addresses. And they give us their email address. They can have the, I think it's five or six songs that I did by myself. And, um, you know, it's not like, Nashville studio quality, but it's something that I created. I'm willing to give it to you for free. All we ask is your email address. Next time we come through your city, 
one email. Hey, we're going to be here. Come check us out. That's super smart. And so that's, that's what we're doing. Cause that, that run, you know, we're not going to make any money. Like it's probably gonna cost us to do it, but if I can give out a thousand of those cards, half of them do that. We've got 500 email addresses, you know, and it's, we're trying to be smart about it and, and, but not pester people. And and so hopefully we get 500 people who really enjoy what we're doing and appreciate that. Um, yeah, we're not a bunch of crap heads just out here, just like dicking around. Like we're here to create something and hopefully you enjoy it. And so. create amazing music that yeah. people can stream, they can purchase, they can see you live. Yeah. What's the website that they can go to, to find out about your tours, yeah. your album releases, all that good stuff. It's, uh, it's gradyspencer.com. Um, I have my own Twitter, personal Twitter. It's much more strange than the band Twitter. There's Grady Spencer in the work on Twitter. It's more official. I usually tweet about like organic suckers and candy and weird things. So if you're into organic, uh, I don't even eat organic, but my wife got this organic suckers that completely blew my mind the other day. <laughs> so like, that's all I can think about right now. Well, we'll put links below the yeah, podcast yeah, so everyone can do that. Yeah, but gradyspencer.com, all the tour dates are on there. We're hoping to get more pictures, uh, bio and all that stuff if, if um yeah, people care to check it out. It's it's awesome. Dude, this has been phenomenal. It's been great, this man. Been, I feel like it's been way too long. No, but, no, yeah. it's it probably hasn't been as long as we think it has been, yeah. but even if it's been twice as long, it's still been awesome to be able to do this. It's a once in a life opportunity. Dude, I appreciate I, you persevering, man. This was this took I don't know people who are listening to this. This is about the fourth Third Maybe the third or fourth time, time yeah. that we've tried to do it, and yeah. it finally happens. Well, you know, if this was if this was the first band one, I'd be pissed off. Now I'm just yeah. like, oh, it only took four times. Yeah, like, man, this is this is easy for sure. Well, so. next time when I start my podcast, I'll have you on mine, and I'll interview you about Th- your. That'll be your good. I'll be super stuff. difficult yeah. and all that good stuff. Yeah, so. <laughs> you'll, you'll like make me have to rent a room in the office. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. With uh, the spread I'm and sorry. everything. Three stars or above. <laughs> yeah. I just can't. I can't be seen in those. It's so good, man. Well, I really do appreciate you having me, dude. You're awesome. Cheers to that, and here's to happy. Year. New Year, my friend. Yes, sir. All right, yeah. thank you. <laughs>